the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome Patriot Radio News Hour, Joe and Jason, on this Tuesday. I hope it finds you well out there. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And Jason, it is Tuesday. I, I want to say tomorrow, I think we're going to get our inflation report out. I have confirmed there is going to be a change in the formula when it comes to health care that is going to be adding uh, some extra, how do I want to say, some extra inflation uh, to the number, to the core number. And really all that means is, oh, yeah, inflation has been worse than what we've been telling you, uh, especially when it comes to health care, and we're going to update that. Here, here's the thing that I'm, I'm wondering. Is this a, hey, the number was going to go higher anyway? So let's just say, oh, well, we're doing this. And then that way, when the, the number gets higher, somehow it'll still be lower than what the expectation was. In other words, we're going to tell you, healthcare's going to add a half a point to inflation in tomorrow's number. And then when it only comes in at four tenths, right, they can say, oh, well, it really isn't that bad because most of this was just this healthcare thing. <laughs> well, that, That's how my mind's working right now. Well, okay, you're speaking a scenario where they they raise the rates again. Is what you're doing? You're you're, you're talking uh, well, a way I, of rigging it to have a high rate. Not going to do it, I guess. This is how they're not going to. Yes, it got hotter, but it really. Oh, that's did right. It. Anyway, I got it. I got it backwards. You yeah. know, what? I got it backwards. Yeah, if you, you calm it down, uh, freeze the rates. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Scare, okay, yeah, Joe. Scare yeah. everybody before it happens, and then when it goes right. up, but not as much as they were expecting. They can say, "Well, I guess Jay Powell can still not raise." That's my guess. We'll, we'll see, see if Joe. Right. We'll I mean, see. T- to me, the the CPI oh, that's tomorrow, right? We're looking at the CPI. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, looking at I was looking at that. Uh, well, I was going to mention it yesterday, but the drop offs in 2022 it goes from eight five in uh, July to three two. So so two months ago we went three zero to three two. It went up a little bit. The drop offs for the next two months aren't very much. So if CPI is frozen or doesn't go down. This is very bad because starting with October, November, December, you have uh, 0.6 drop-offs from 2022. If you don't see inflation come going way down at the end of the year, anything staying where it's at or going up is complete inflative problems, and they'll be raising rates at the end of the year, Joe. They'll be, you know, it's got to drop. There are two percent that they're talking about getting. If they don't get that by the end of this year, there will be rate hikes. There, there will be. Well, you know, and, and, and people are out there, and again, I saw it again today, right, these 
these wishful thinkers that the Fed is done raising rates or they're going to raise uh, in the next meeting, the October meeting, but then that's going to be it. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I've got a, I got a, I got a funny feeling about tomorrow's number, but we got to talk, and I hate to do it, but we have to do it. Crude oil on a rocket ship again this morning, now approaching ninety dollars a barrel, eighty nine uh, fifteen, eighty nine twenty. Uh, Brent crude ninety one and a quarter. Unleaded gas continuing to natural gas, all of it heading higher as the OPEC cuts seems to be having a big issue. As far as the supply of oil coming out is even less than what people were expecting, driving oil prices even higher today. And Jason, uh, just like on cue, you know, you were talking yesterday, how are, I saw a bunch of hundred plus dollar oil calls this morning. Uh, we're seeing 120, 125, you know, go back a year ago or so. Uh, we, we got oil got to like 109. Uh, so are we setting up for oil to go back that high again? We'll wait and see. But again, it's about inventories. This these are and they seem to be doing this in a ton of things. This is why we tell everybody look out for silver, right? Because we know what the inventory levels are historically low levels. They're doing the same thing in all the commodities. They're doing it in oil. They're doing it in corn. They're doing it in soybean. They're doing it in wheat. And, and, and you know, Jason, you know, this this scarcity thing driving uh, the world inflation, and most of it self-inflicted, right? They just, you know, uh, you know the Biden administration the other day, out of the blue, well, we're just going to cancel all of these oil leases that we originally, you know, the, the Trump administration had given out. It's almost deliberate, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and we, uh, we, we played that little piece of Joe Brown kind of timing it. It was on that half-empty cup of Joe, I think, Friday, but kind of saying six months. Which, you know, just, just for stuff that's unrelated, but I always tend to look at these things, you know, with all the emergencies that have gone on, and let's just go with COVID, the NFL football season never seems to be interrupted. All the games get in, the Super Bowl is played. So it's funny how these things are happening right at this moment. It sure seems like whatever emergency is getting ready to happen, whether it's economic or something else, you know, the football season started only four months now, and then the football season's over. And they can uh, emergency can commence, isn't it interesting how they just always time it? The NFL's their biggest propaganda arm was as far as they want to get information out there because there's still large audiences watching football. So I I always find that funny, you know. Everything got closed down for, during COVID, but the Super Bowl was still played and all the games were played. So, NCAA tournament up, that doesn't matter. Yeah, right. We can get rid of that one. Since you brought it up, uh, yeah. How soon until the economy's like Aaron Rodgers, right? The, the, the life was going to be great for the Jets. Four plays into it. Yeah, you're done for the year, right? So uh, I got a funny oh. feeling we're closing in on being done for the year here really, really quickly. Petro Radio News Hour, Joe and Jason. We'll be right back. 800 Radio News Hour. 
Joe and Jason on this Tuesday, waiting for tomorrow's CPI number. So they're letting the cat out of the bag. Hey, that they think CPI is going to be hotter because of this adjustment, um, paving the way. I, I, I'm confident we're going to get a higher number. I think it's going to be significantly higher number, but somehow uh, it'll be less than expectations. I still actually believe even no matter what the number is tomorrow, I don't know that the Fed really is going to raise rates next Wednesday. So the Fed next Wednesday will let us know. I don't think it matters. I think they're. this is how stubborn these guys are. This is how stubborn they are. Well, we started this every other thing, you know, a few months back. So we, we, we paused for a month and then raised. Uh, they haven't sent enough signals to me that they're going to do something different. The market still expects a pause. And for right now, uh, I think that's probably what we're going to have. And and I'll call it a tough pause. I think what they'll do is, hey, we didn't raise, but more than likely we're going to raise it in, 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 uh, at the next meeting. That, that's kind of what I'm expecting. But something interesting to look at here. So we we've talked about, the small and medium-sized businesses and the struggles that they're going to have. Uh, by the way, uh, we got a couple more companies. They didn't even make it to 2024. Struggles with their debt and being able to refinance it. We'll get to that in a minute. But since Labor Day, I've been watching uh, the bond markets and uh, Wolf Richter, uh, does a really good research on this as well. And we're having several bigger companies hitting the bond market, raising capital at what most of us would say, well, gosh, the interest rates are pretty high. You know, everyone's still talking about, well, we're going to cut rates, you know, next year. Why not wait? Why would you lock in now when Wall Street, at least the people on TV, are telling you they're going to be lowering rates next year? I'm not so sure. Because get a load of this. Companies like T-Mobile, Philip Morris, BHP, all of these companies in the last week and a half, Jason, have been tapping the debt markets and saying to their investors, hey, we're doing it now because we actually think the rates are going to go higher next year. In other words, you know, you look at these companies, they're looking at their own cost. And they're saying, you know, BHP Builders, we don't see prices going down, right? I'm sure they're, they're probably looking at oil and, and, and electricity, right? Because they're a big miner. Those are important things for them. They're probably looking at the cost of tires and trucks and engines and all that stuff, labor. And you know what they're saying to, to the markets? We don't think our costs are going to go down next year. T-Mobile. Right? Same thing. Hey, our suppliers are telling us, and we were looking at our subscribers, we, we kind of have a pulse here. Costs are not going to go down. We know we've got all these stores, leases are costing more, employees cost more. We're tapping the markets now. Philip Morris, they're huge. Philip Morris is huge. They've got, they've got products all over the place. 
And they're saying the same thing, Jason. It really is. This is something, this is new. We've seen a lot of companies that have been waiting the ones. And now, these are companies. These are not AAA, obviously. Most companies aren't. But these are companies that are two, maybe three notches above junk. Right? So these are companies. They're in the low A's. You know, the triple B pluses and, and, you know, the A, A plus. So these are companies, they're two or three notches above junk. And they're saying, you know what, we're going to tap the market now because if we wait, it's going to cost us a lot more. And then we may get downgraded because of it, right? And all of a sudden, right, because we had to borrow at such high rates, we're now a junk status type company. It's an interesting development and one that we'll see if this continues. But they're borrowing, and they're borrowing big. You know, typically what, you, what, you're, what we'd be looking at you know, from the, the last couple of decades, even, even more, is uh, you, you see a recession happen, and then uh, a little demand destruction comes in, and prices drop uh, because, you know, the, the markets are in, in, in bad shape. But we've been... How many times on this show, especially just talking about how often all over the world they're just destroying sources of oil being put into the market. So if you drop the you know, supply and demand market, that's, what, that's, how, that's how markets run, no matter how much they manipulate it. But you can manipulate the supply by not giving a supply. So if the supply disappears when the demand destruction hits with a the recession, then the prices won't go down. You know, I, I think a lot of market experts you know, are looking at this. They've been done for a long time. If they're not paying attention, they're like, well, we're going to get our market crash, so then the prices will, get, will come down. Things will, be, uh, will, will, will even off, but not if they purposely, if any industry is purposely not cranking out houses. If they're not cranking out oil, those prices will stay the same. And from what you're saying, Joe, hey, maybe we better buy into this stuff now because it's, it, it's either going to be just as expensive or more. When the rate hikes stop, which I think will happen, I don't see them going down, Joe. I see the rate hikes. I mean, they've been going up for two years. I don't see where they would just drop them in one year. Maybe with a market crash, maybe. But I, I, I still say a year of, of keeping rates flat as a wait and see. And that's going to be 2024, Joe. Yeah, and these companies are locking in uh, the average about 6%. Uh, so, you know, think about a, a 10-year note right now at 43 uh, locking in at 6% to give you an idea of, of what this is. We had 20 investment grade companies issue debt on the Tuesday after Labor Day. So this is something where, uh, we, and it's a wide breadth, you know, when you think about the, the companies that were in, it wasn't like, oh, well, it was just the telecom space. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Right, it was telecom, it was mining, it was retail, it was uh, manufacturers. I mean, it literally ran the gambit here. And and just to give you an idea of the difference in cost from uh, when they were doing a tr- uh, the ten year note, they're saying that it's about thirty four percent higher the cost than it was in September 
of, of 2022 yep. as far as the number of companies saying we need to borrow now. And you would think in September of 2022, they knew rates were still going higher, Jason. I mean, we, we, yep. they knew that. They knew, hey, a year from now, it's going to cost us more money. Everyone knew that. And yet this year, it's right. 34% higher. Well, and once again, from what I've been looking at, it's it's very possible that when the reverse repo empties out completely, which we're thinking maybe around six months, there's a likely scenario that short-term borrowing rates skyrocket at that point. And that'll push long-term possibly even higher. Re- inverted yield curve, but it might stay inverted in, in, in a weird situation that's never really happened. The, the short-term and long-term might both push upward. The Fed may not have any control over the rates at, at that time, Joe. Can you imagine? You know, the, all the cash dries up. They are not printing. Let's just say they're not printing next year when, when the reverse repo empties out, and the short-term interest rates balloon. You know, I mean, the two-year and the three-year just start go, going way up. Well, then you better borrow it now, right? You know, hey, I don't know what's going to happen in two or three years. We want to try to make it to two or three years. If the two or three, if you're, if you're looking at this the same way that the short term is going to go up when the reverse repo empties, well then you better get your two and three year loans now, because the the the, the, the interest rates are just going to balloon upwards, right, Joe? And maybe maybe three years will be okay. Maybe two or three years that's when the rates will go down, right? Borrow now. That might yeah, be borrow it. now, right? And you got to remember, right? The, a lot, some of these are long term. A lot of these are are shorter term, two and three, five years, uh, and they're 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 making this assessment. Uh, and saying, well, we need money, number one. And number two, uh, we don't think waiting another six months, eight months, ten months, twelve months is going to uh, bear fruit. And then on the other side, uh, another in the, another logistics company. Uh, so who was it? Was it Yellow that went out? Flexport. Yep. Uh, in a state of flux, to say the least. Uh, they just hired a new CEO. And his first act on the job, this was Friday, they had offer letters out. They had, they had new employees coming in that were going to start on Monday. Seventy-five people were getting ready to, to start their new jobs. They rescinded their job offers to all of them. Uh, in a posting, the company apologized. He says, we're in a hiring freeze. I don't know why we would be adding more people. I hope they will forgive us. But now would not be a good time to add more people and expenses to the company. So, Jason, this is just kind of another sign here of, of slowdowns. These were companies that were probably betting, well, the second half, things are going to get better. Uh, and, and seemingly, Jason, that has not been the case. And then in the car space, another subprime auto dealership is closing its doors. This is what the second major one this year uh, off lease only uh, there are a very popular dealer in Florida they filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy unprecedented changes to the automotive retail landscape and essentially what they said Jason is people just can't afford the car payments right and, and, and not enough of them uh, they're spending more time repossessing uh, and you got to remember, they're in the subprime space. 
So not only are these the riskiest borrowers, Jason, they also have the highest interest rates. And now uh, they're saying that, hey, you know what, we just can't operate in this environment. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the ideas is uh, with green energy. Well, they have, well, just you know, just get one of those uh, driverless vehicles in the future and have it like an like an Uber and just take you where you're going to go. And that's that's going to be the future. You don't really need to own a car. But I, I don't see how being taxied is going to cost you less, right, Joe? I just think that actually operating the vehicle is going to cost so astronomically high that you're just going to retreat to that. And then I, I think people are going to have trouble even, you know, hey, anybody's taking an Uber or even a taxi. The, the longer the trip, the more it costs. So there will be these 15-minute cities and things we keep hearing about. Oh, I can only afford a, uh, a, a six-mile drive to work, and I live 15 miles away, so you have to move, move further in. I, the future looks bleak, Joe, when it comes to affording things that decades and decades of Americans took for granted. Yeah, the, the, you know, when used car, let's face it, we all know that used car, primarily, not everybody, like I, I don't buy new cars. I don't. I buy a used car, but I'm buying a low-mile used car. It's, they're still, you know, they still cost money. Don't get me wrong. But these used car dealerships, right, they cater to the people with the banked-up credit. I mean, that's what they're for. And you used to be able to get these cars three, five, seven, and, and you know, these one ten grand. That's gone. You're lucky to find a, a decent car that doesn't have two hundred fifty thousand plus miles on it for less than twenty thousand. Matter of fact, used car prices, which has been one of the things that's helped inflation come down. Used car prices just went back up again. And, and somebody was like, hey, the, the bottom's in on used car prices. And, of course, uh, we've got the big strike at the end of the week, UAW. Uh, just an update here. They are negotiating uh, the strike deadline, I want to say, is Friday. The UAW said they wanted a 40% increase. That was over five years. Jason, they've lowered their demands. They've lowered their demands. To thirty six percent, eighteen percent in year one, five percent in year two, four percent in year three, five percent in year four, four percent in year five. You tell me how the heck car prices are going to go down when they've got to pay thirty six percent more for labor over the next five years, including eighteen percent in year one. Still no deal, by the way. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Joe and Jason, Patriot Radio News Hour. Just a uh, man. It's just crazy to think eighteen percent in year one. Uh, by the way, the strike will commence at midnight Thursday. So I'm assuming that means come Friday, you know, twelve oh one a.m. Friday morning, the UAW is walking off the job. A uh, hundred and forty-six thousand of them will will strike if the proper details are not done. And I'm just telling you, uh, how does that make things cheaper, right? When when they talk about letting inflation creep in, you know, and I know Walmart said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna offer a dollar an hour less for these certain jobs." 
Uh, I think that's an indication, right, that things are getting tough. But the UAW is going to want their money. And, and again, it's going to be a situation where, yeah, I think this ends pretty badly. I think a lot of people will get fired when, when, when it comes, when the slowdown comes. And unfortunately, the prices don't come down, right? Because just the pure cost of things. Uh, it's just crazy to think that labor costs are going to jump uh, 36%. Uh, over a five-year period, and of course the biggest piece of that in year one, and what that says about inflation, what that says about companies' ability uh, to wait for lower rates to borrow money. I don't think lower rates are coming. Why do you? Why did we have so many companies that they were investment grade, right? They were investment grade, not not high investment grade, but they were investment grade. Hitting the debt markets in the last week and a half, I think we've got our answer. And, Jason, we talk about banks and what's going on. People need to understand. The People, I think, have this illusion that there's hundreds of big banks. There's not. And, and a lot of people don't realize if you took the 15 biggest banks in the country, Starts with J.P. Morgan, right? They've got three point three eight trillion dollars in assets. Of course, they've got like sixty trillion dollars in uh, in securities on their balance sheet. If you can go figure, uh, but by the time you get to number fifteen, they only have two hundred and nine billion dollars. That's the that's the last bank. That has more than $200 billion in assets. So when we're talking about banks, I know, well, there's 4,000 banks. Jason, there's, there's only four that have over a trillion dollars. Uh, Wells Fargo is fourth at 1.67 trillion. U.S. Bank, they're fifth. Jason, they're only at six hundred and seventy billion. I mean, so it's a big drop off uh, from from Wells to U.S. Bank. Uh, but but once you get by the time you get to the tenth largest bank, they don't even have four hundred billion. By the fifteenth largest, Jason, there's not even two hundred billion dollars in there. So when we're talking about hey, the repo banks, the excess cash is running out of money just in 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 reach. Uh, in office space, just office space, banks are on the hook for about $250 billion worth of losses. Jason, these kind of losses wipes out the vast majority of the 4,000 banks. I mean, let's face it, uh, we don't even have 100 banks that got $100 billion in assets. Yep, and all of these numbers always <laughs> return me back to the uh, FOIA request of what the Fed actually did for 2010, 2008, 2009, which was $29 trillion. Right, Joe? Yeah, well, it was $5 trillion to fix it all. Remember that? It was always the $5 trillion. He had, to, he had Bush spending money and Obama spending money. And but, but when you looked at it through a FOIA request, there was trillions of dollars going to Japan and other countries. There was trillions of dollars going to the big banks, one point three for you know, uh, Citibank and, you know, $2 trillion for Wells Fargo. So all the big banks got a bunch. All the countries, 
with you know that were upside down. You know that, that how you know people don't really fully realize how big 2008 was. It was the end of the economic system. What's happening now is they're trying to transform it into something. They bought themselves 15 years, apparently, Joe. And so I, I don't think anyone. I don't even think the guys that are making that pulling all the levers really know exactly how this thing's going to go down. There's, it could get pretty scary, Joe. This is why, this is why you got to protect yourself right now. You got to take, you know, whatever means necessary for whatever you're at in your life to isolate yourself from what's getting ready to happen. I, I can't, I can't say enough how bad it could possibly get over the next two years. It just, it just looks obvious that this will be the worst thing that we've seen economically in our lifetimes. Thirty-three banks have a hundred billion dollars of assets or more. Thirty-three. By the time you get to the fiftieth biggest bank, you're only talking about fifty billion. That's it. Yeah. By the time you get to the hundredth bank, you're talking about a number of eighteen billion call it we'll round up nineteen billion dollars in the hundredth largest bank and by the time you get to bank number one sixty two Jason they don't even have ten billion dollars worth of assets so when you think about our banking system four thousand banks right all but a hundred and sixty of them have less than $10 billion in assets. And the funny part is, uh, you know, $5 billion in assets. There's not even 300 banks that have $5 billion in assets. So when you talk about remember right. Janet Yellen was saying how, hey, you know, England only has 300 banks. Well, to get us down, to get rid of 3,700 banks, Jason, we're not talking a whole lot. And, of course, that just means... That most of these banks, Jason, one hiccup, and it's all done. One hiccup, and it's all done. I mean, we we only we don't even have what five hundred and seventy banks that have two two billion dollars worth of assets. That's it. So when we look at this banking system, I don't think people realize how consolidated it is at the very very top and you know what they could give a damn about about 30 3900 really probably outside of the the 33 uh, I don't know that they give a damn about any of the other banks well a lot of smaller banks are in debt to the bigger banks to begin with and then on top of that the biggest banks are closing a bunch of their branches so it's not like they're they're isolated from this thing they're already taking measures uh, ahead of time to start closing their own branches so that they can do better business. So it's, it's it, you know, the amount – I think I made the prediction because uh, I think uh, ba banks that went out of business during, uh, I think it's 2008 to 2013, I think it was 500-something banks. And I think when the, the Fed did their numbers last year through three quarter, quarter three, that there was – I think they said uh, 1,200 banks. It was 700 to 1,200 banks were uh, underwater – I would say it's very logical that at least 700 to 1,200 banks are going to be gone out, out of whatever 4,000 that are left, Joe. At least 700 to 1,200 are going to be gone in the next couple of years. It, it happened I mean, already once, it's, uh, and it could, it could accelerate. It could, you could double that number, Joe. 
I, I'm shocked that people still have money in the bank. It's it's the dumbest thing ever. It's the dumbest place to have your money. Uh, you know, if nothing else, call Joey. I mean, at least, first of all, he's got to get you a better return than your bank will. And it's not a bank, and they're AAA rated, and they don't have to worry about things. Most of these banks are toast, period. That's not what I don't want it to be. That's how they want it to be. Look at how it's set up. Right? You got the, the Lords, and then all these other banks are just the peasants. Take the Radio News Hour. I got a great special coming up next. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe and Jason just breaking it down for you. 33 banks have more than $100 billion. And, and go out to allamericangold.com this morning. Listen to Jamie Dimon cry about the Federal Reserve is making banks that have more than $100 billion put more capital away. Now, part of it I can understand because he's like, that's only like, you know, 20 more banks, right? It's not that many banks, but there's 33 banks. But, but again, the amount of stress that is going to be put on banks, let's say banks 10 through 33, has Jamie Dimon freaking out. Why do they got to have more capital? Because they've got so many unrealized losses. I mean, look at the unrealized losses. Over $558 billion. And we know, we know, at the end of the quarter, we're going to be really close to $700 billion again. Remember, that was when the, the first three banks collapsed. And remember, they were regional banks. These were banks that were in the top 33. Well, a couple of them were. In the top 33. And Jason, all of their assets got taken out of that, and now we're back to that number again. And now, on top of it, a bunch of these banks, you gotta have even more money set aside. Right? So it's, it, it's, it's double the pressure out there on these banks. Not to mention the banks that are under that number. But I, I've got an opportunity today, and I mean opportunity. I'll be honest. I'm sure it's happened. It's in my 20 years. I know it has. It has to have. I don't remember when. But this is my favorite coin that the U.S. government has ever minted. We're talking about the $5 Indian. So why is it the favorite? First of all, the design of the $5 Indian is the best, my opinion, because it's the male Indian uh, with the with the war feathers. I mean, it's a cool-looking coin. On top of that, it had what they call an infused design. They've never done it again. Which means that they actually etched into the coin. So the coin had grooves in it. And of course, Jason, it was the, the original pandemic coin. Right? Go back to the Spanish flu. They actually thought the flu was in the grooves of, of the, of these Indians. So they actually stopped minting them. In what, in 1960, they just stopped minting them. 
because they thought that, you know, uh, Eric always used to say, that's where the expression, don't put that in your mouth, you don't know where it's been, came from. I don't know. Sounds like a good story. But we know, right, the Indians, you know, they were, uh, when we when we stopped making the Liberty Coins, 1866 to 1907, Teddy Roosevelt, they weren't majestic enough, right? America was a superpower now. We needed cooler stuff. And they, uh, Augustus St. Gaudens made the $20 gold piece. He also made the $10 Indian. Bella Pratt did the $5 and the $2.5 Indians. Right? They, and they are. They're sharp-looking coins. But the Indians carry a huge premium. Why? Well, just because of what I just told you. No, they stopped minting them for years. I want to say the, the $10 Indian only was minted, I think, for 10 or 11 years. That's it. Total. From, from 1908 to 1933, they minted them the first eight years. I think they only minted them two or three years after that. That was it. And the designs are awesome. I mean, there was a time where a $5 Indian, you're talking about $100 more than a $5 Liberty. Today and today only, I have 70 $5 Liberties for less I'm sorry, $5 Indians for less than a $5 Liberty. Today, $5 Liberties are $5.90. One through nine on $5 Indians, $5.85. If you buy 10 or more, $580. Jason, like I said, I'm sure it's happened once or twice before in my 20 years, but you never get Indians, especially the $5 Indians, for less than $5 liberties, but you're going to be able to do it today and today only. $585, one through nine, by 10 or more, $580. And if you want, in my opinion, the best looking coin we've ever minted, this is it. Yeah, that'll be cool. That's, that's, it's always good to get yourself some gold, no matter how it is, but. You know, I uh, I have a slightly different opinion of, of the of, of the coins because I uh, you know I'm a follower of the Constitution. We should not have stopped Liberty and the Eagle from being the obverse and reverse of all the coins. You know, I'm not a big Teddy Roosevelt fan. I think things uh, were changing in those early 1900s, Joe. But that aside, uh, I love the St. Gaudens design and I like the Indian designs. They're cool coins. I have no problem with the designs. I just know that constitutionally we should have stuck with Liberty and, and the Eagle. So uh, regardless, here these coins are. They're at the best price I think we've had them in a while, Joe. I mean, it's, oh they, God, they are on yeah. the website to buy, but they're, this is a great price to get these coins. And, and how, what, what is it in reflection of the, uh, the, the $5 Liberty coins? Is about the same price? So $5 Liberties are five ninety. So you're buying $5 you Indians for less. $5 less if you buy one through nine. $10 a coin less if you buy 10 of them or more. And like I said, it, it doesn't happen. It, it really doesn't. Like today, right now, the it's really close. The $5 Indian was only $30 more. You know, $5.90 and $6.20. But look, you can save $40 a coin today on a $5 Indian if you buy 10 or more at 800-951-0592. Jason and I, we're coming right back. 800-951-0592, the $5 Indian special. They're not going to last long. We got one line still open. We only had 70. That is it. 
uh, one through nine, five eighty-five. That's five dollars less than a five-dollar Liberty. You buy ten or more, ten dollars less, five hundred and eighty dollars. Uh, you buy ten or more, you're saving forty dollars a coin. It, this is very, very unusual uh, to have uh, Indians. For less than liberties, uh, we have it today, and especially in the $5 Indian. Uh, believe me, uh, you will not be disappointed. If you've never bought an, the, especially the $5 Indian, because the $2.5 Indian, same, same coin, it's just super expensive. Super, super expensive. Uh, when you do price per ounce, but you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be like, wow, this is Joe Wooden line. This is a nice looking coin for sure. And I, and I want to point out, this was minted only 10 years. One of those years, 1916, they only minted a couple hundred thousand. I want to say maybe 250,000 of them. That was it that year. Then they stopped minting them. So that was nine years. Oh, eight. To 16, you're like, well, that's eight, but uh, the way you gotta count, you gotta count 08 and 16, nine years, and then only one more year did that coin get minted again, 1929, and that is it. Those are, so this is, when you talk about, uh, limited, uh, this is why, this is why usually the premiums, are, and I'll tell you this, a year ago, you're talking about paying what, close to a hundred dollars more for a $5 Indian and then a $5 Liberty, uh, there, there's a great value. Not only is gold, gold, gold's low, gold's down 10, $1,917. I mean, it's, that's a steal as it is. Uh, but then you get, you know, uh, just, you know, we, we don't do, hey, don't buy, unless you really know what you're doing, right? Uh, the, the, the value of these, well, they got, uh, you know, the, the rare and unusual values and things of, the, of that nature. Uh, the Indians always have a premium, and so when you can buy it without the premiums, Jason, it's just that much better of a deal. That's correct. That's correct, and uh, I can't imagine what these coins will be selling for in late 2024 or 2025. Let's just <laughs> say that. I mean, the gold prices will go up, and... 580 on these coins will be a dream. I mean, what, what were these coins selling for in 2018 when I showed up? They were probably half this. They're probably 300 dollars, right, Joe? Maybe. Yeah, well, again, yeah, you know, maybe four, right? You know, something like that. Maybe. And, and yeah, and and it's something where uh, I just just a great great opportunity. We don't run Indians very often as it is. Maybe once or twice a year. Uh, and, and again, it's really the value play here right now. We got CPI coming out tomorrow. Uh, they're, they're bracing us for a bigger number. I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Fed, this is how stubborn these guys are. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be raising rates next Wednesday. And if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see gold run if they don't because of that. Uh, but everybody's still saying one more, Jason. I don't know how we get away with just one more. Look at what we're talking about today. I mean, UAW, hey, we want an 18% raise this year. And by the way, another 18% over the next four years. I mean, it's insanity. We'll see how the numbers come in because they, they want to do the uh, their decisions on what the information is. And I, I think their information in October, November, December this year, we'll, we'll see what the numbers are in those months. Because if it goes where I think it's going to go, I think inflation, uh, it looks bad. Looks bad.
Yeah, instead of a big fall off, are we going to have big jumps? Yeah, that, that could be. 800-951-0592. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.